Youth vaping has become a public health crisis, and we need action now. A stern warning about dangers of vaping, meant to be a healthier way to wean cigarette smokers off nicotine and other toxins, but as it turns out, e-cigarettes are anything but safe. 34 people dead in the U.S., thousands of others hospitalized. Now doctors and health officials here are on high alert. And one year after the legalization of recreational weed, the sky has not fallen. But the detrimental effects of pot on young brains remains unchanged and now edible. Once only available on the black market, will be for sale across Canada. Today on Context, experts talk to us about vaping, pot, and our health. Severe respiratory illnesses behind what the Canadian Medical Association is calling a national health crisis. The cause? Vaping. Dr. Martin Kolb is the director of the Respirology Division at McMaster University. Dr. Kolb, we've heard of uh, vaping actually lining people's lungs. What's in the, the liquid? What is vaping? What is vaping? So that Difficult question because we don't really know. Yeah, so what you do is you put a you put a solution in your device and uh, you you inhale it, you vape it. But what is in that solution is is usually pretty unclear. It depends on where you purchase it. Uh, so lots of people would purchase it in in stores. Yeah, but uh, the the constitution of these of these solutions is not standardized. Yeah, so even even you know even if you smoke and vape uh, nicotine solutions, it's very unclear how much of nicotine is actually in there. So this was meant to wean people off of nicotine. They said this is a good way for you to get off your cigarettes. Have did big tobacco get involved, and have we got a new addiction problem? Uh, I well yes and yes. So initially, and. There is, a, there is some evidence that it may help people who have been heavy smokers for years to get rid of smoking and, and just as a smoking cessation aid. Uh, there are some studies published on it. Uh, but really that's not the point of the problem and the crisis that we have right now because the marketing is clearly not marketing towards uh, seasoned smokers. I mean, why, right. why would a seasoned smoker wants to vape something that has what? cherry flavor or mint yeah. flavor or so whatsoever. I, so I think that that's really a, a much different population and, and that's where the crisis comes in. Okay, right? so one in four teenagers are vaping. Mm -hmm. uh, other more have tried it. Um, what is your concern about youth taking this new habit? Well, it makes them addicted, as you just said, right? So it, there, there are clearly things uh, in the vaping solution and in the habit as well that makes t young people, teenagers, adolescents, more likely to continue smoke other things. And uh, that's, that's very clear and that's, that's the concern. So with cannabis being legalized, uh, of course people are still using products in an unlikely way. Is vaping THC more dangerous than nicotine products? Um, Probably. I mean, you know, the whole discussion about uh, cannabis being legalized or not, I mean, you can have arguments for it's, it's good or bad, but this is a different question. Yeah? But, of course, uh, if you smoke cannabis, if you vape cannabis, what needs to be done to get really the kick is to put some oily solutions in there. And if you purchase it on the street, uh, then you inhale an oily solution that's not made for being inhaled. So I, in the beginning, 
of this crisis in the US, there, there was said that there's vitamin E in the solutions. Yeah, that was, was found in the, in the lungs of people who had really severe damage. And vitamin E you often find in, in lotions that you put on the skin. So it's plausible that some street vendors just put that solution with cannabis. And if you put it in an oily substance, you just get the, big, the bigger kick, right? So this is the problem here. So as a respirologist doctor, what is your advice for people who are still vaping or who are perhaps addicted to vaping? Well, you know, if you can, don't do it. Don't even, don't try it. It's, you inhale things that you don't really know what they mean, what they do, and, and just listen to the news. There were like almost 500 cases reported in the U.S. being related to vaping, and, and some unfortunate young people died of it. And so I think it's obviously very dangerous. It's not, not you shouldn't look at it being less harmful than uh, cigarette smoking. It is very harmful, as we've seen and heard. Doctor, thank you for your clarity. Very dangerous, very harmful, vaping is bad. Thank you. Dr. Martin Cole from McMaster's Respirology Division, thank you for explaining the dangers of vaping. You're welcome. Well, the two primary ingredients in e-cigarettes are propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin, both toxic to lungs. And inhaling those ingredients produces several dangerous chemicals that can cause lung and cardiovascular disease. Joining us from Saskatchewan is Jennifer May of the Lung Association. Yesterday, a big bill was presented. Let's talk about what the ingredients of this bill are. Sure, so yesterday we're very happy to report that our Minister of Health and the Saskatchewan government introduced Bill 182. Uh, what that entitles is um, uh, looking at advertising around vaping products, uh, point of sale, public spaces, and he has moved flavors actually to regulations. So we'll see what that looks like uh, come in the new year, but we're very excited in Saskatchewan. It was a very good day for us in lung health here. Uh, indeed. And Jennifer, why is vaping so popular, particularly with teens these days? You know, vaping's really become the new public health issue here. Uh, it's definitely a new threat to our youth. Um, you know, it's, we explain it as the cigarette 2.0, if you will. It's the new modern version of a nicotine addiction, but it's masked in, in cool flavors and amazing flavors, actually, up to 8,000 different flavors, we've heard. And, you know, it's new modern look to it. We're, what we're finding is a lot of kids who would never smoke a cigarette are now vaping. And so we really want to get the message out there to the kids that this, it's the same addiction, just a different tool. And it is dangerous. And, you know, it took a long time for society to understand the perils of cigarette smoking. And now it's vaping. And our young people are very impressionable. They also, for the most part, don't like to be legislated. Uh, so how do you think this bill is going to sit with the young people and other citizens of Saskatchewan? You know what? This bill is truly meant to protect Saskatchewan kids, as are most, if I would say, uh, vaping legislation across the country. It's meant to protect kids. It's, uh, you know, what we need to understand is kids are very vulnerable to addiction. They're very vulnerable to advertising. And at the end of the day, measures like this will decrease uh, youth access and hopefully youth uptake. Do you think the message is getting through? You know, of, of late, in the past few weeks, few months, there have been all kinds of 
danger signals coming up uh, and news stories about young people who are severely damaging and sometimes even dying as a result of vaping. Yeah, we, we are seeing that. And of course, that gets the attention of, of everyone in, in society, not just government, but the mama bears out there and, and the kids. And so what we're seeing is, is sure, uh, you know, at the end of the day, your lungs are meant for oxygen, period. So anytime you're taking other um, chemicals into your lungs, we're going to see lung damage. And so you're right, as far as tobacco goes, you know, we've had a, a century of that to see the impact. And what we're, what we're excited about now, certainly with vaping, is we're seeing lots of research starting to happen, and we'll be able to come up with more conclusions. Um, but, you know, at the time right now, we as we're still needing more information about it, we have compelling reasons to be concerned about vaping today. And that is why we're seeing governments across the country introduce legislation. I thank you very much for joining us on Context Beyond the Headlines. Jennifer May, President of the Lung Association in Saskatchewan, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And still ahead, cannabis edibles are set to be sold across Canada, but they have their own risks like delayed response to getting high and are once again particularly dangerous for teens. Plus, since marijuana is legal in Canada, should we think about smoking a joint the same way we treat having a glass of wine? of legalized recreational marijuana and each province is still working out regulations around it but in Quebec the age limit to consume pot is changing from 18 to 21 along with no smoking in public spaces the province's health minister says the higher age limit is meant to protect the developing brain of youth but some think raising the age will do more harm than good including Francois Limoges from Quebec's Cannabis Industry Association hello Francois why do you think Quebec's new higher age restrictions will not work. It goes directly against the reason for legalization, which was to control access to the substance and at the same time uh, curbing the black market. What the government here is doing right now is to tell the most vulnerable people in society, our, our youth from 18 to 20 years old, to pretty much if you want to use cannabis as they are already using to go back to the black market. And we are sending these people in the hands of organized crime where not only will they be able to access cannabis, but a bunch of other more dangerous drugs. Wow, okay, so only 29% of marijuana users get their products legally. So we know to your point, the black market is thriving in Canada. Um, so for kids under 21 who want to buy weed, is, is prohibition not an option? <laughs> well, I think, I think the Americans proved that prohibition was not working with alcohol. Uh, we've been fighting drugs with the war on drugs since the 1970s heavily with billions of dollars, and it has failed. I mean, people get arrested all the time. 
uh, in main cities like Montreal, everybody knew where to find uh, marijuana, and, and the police weren't really arresting users and, and street dealers. Just talk for a moment about failing the younger generation, because the science is so solid now that consuming cannabis before your brain is fully developed into your 20s is a bad idea. So how do you help those under 20 make a good choice about staying away from marijuana for the developing brain? We totally believe that uh, all of the uh, health uh, industry and everyone from the from doctors and the physician who were having representation to the government were right. It is dangerous as long as your brain is developing. But research is also proving that cannabis is not worse than alcohol. And to control alcohol access and protect you, we did a lot of education and made sure that at 18 years old, you can access it but in a very restrictive manner. I mean, you can't drink past three in the morning here in Quebec. Uh, if you go to the liquor board to get access, you can't just buy as much as you want. And imposing the same kind of restrictions to control access to cannabis made sense, as we, uh, we do believe that the experience of alcohol worked. Right now, what we are doing is pretty much the opposite and hoping and praying that it will work by itself. And we know it was not working just a little over 12 months ago. Okay, Francois, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So how can parents prevent their children from consuming and abusing drugs? Chantal Valorand of Drug-Free Kids Canada aims to help parents on how to talk to their kids. She joins us now from Ottawa. Uh, thank you. Your organization works to help parents. How do we do this? <laughs> that's a, that's an easy and complicated question all at once. Um, some parents may, may find it daunting to start the conversation, um, but we're here to support them. Basically, we find that the best tool, the best prevention tool is to engage in an ongoing dialogue with your teens um, from a curiosity perspective and have open and frequent conversation about substance use and substance abuse. Okay, how do you bring it up? Where do you start? So where do you start? Basically, as I said, it's coming at it from a curiosity angle as opposed to a judgment angle, as opposed to having a lecture. It's, it's using the current context of saying, listen, um, now that cannabis is legalized, um, it's part of our society and I'd like to talk about it. Um, we invite parents to come to our website together with their teens to look at facts, to look at how cannabis can affect um, brain development, and um, how it can have short-term to long-term impact uh, on teenage lives, on mental health, on physical health. So it's coming at it from saying, I may not be an expert, but I'd like to find out more about it because I have strong concerns about it because I care about you and I care about your health and I'd like us to discover that together. Okay, and you think we should do this early, right? How early? Well, it all depends on family dynamics. Uh, we always say that the parent is the best judge to know um, when to approach the subject, but we really do encourage to have those conversations as early as eight, nine years old if the context um, provides that opportunity to be able to do that. Um, basically, it's to equip the kids with the information um, before they're put in a situation that, you know, they're faced with having to make a decision 
at least we're hoping that if they are making an informed decision and if they've had those conversations before, they'll be in a better position to handle the situation. So are you saying no marijuana smoking ever for teenagers? Well, to be honest, as I mentioned, we are approaching the matter from a curiosity angle and not a judgment angle. So we're here to support the parent at whatever they are in their journey with a non-judgmental approach. So, you know, 90% of addiction can be rooted back to teenage years, to starting consumption at a, at a, at a teenage level. So um, the later you wait for experimentation, the better chances are for to not develop an addiction or you know, no, no experiment in, uh, experimentations means no addiction whatsoever. But we're also, you know, lucid. Um, kids will go through rites of passages and, and they may want to try it. But if we equip them with the right information, hopefully they'll be in a better position to make healthy decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so we're anywhere between abstinence and harm reduction, wherever the parent is in their journey. When they come to our website, they can assess where they are and there are some tools um, available to them whether or not their kid is a preteen and hasn't experimented yet to I think there's a problem and we need an intervention. Oh, Chantelle Valorand, we are so thankful there is Drug-Free Kids Canada. Thank you You're, uh, for joining us there from Ottawa. Thank you very much for having me. If is this really? is illegal, why did how where are you getting this in All Canada? Of this, just like this. Just like this. Okay. When when I asked me to come down here, Spoils. right. These are edibles. Uh, these are for people Banana who loaf. Uh, and you know Beauty to, cream. It, that's right. It, it will skin cream. Oh marijuana base, I'm sorry. That's right. Sean Grover is a psychotherapist who'd help people get over their addiction. Sean, what are some of the health risks associated with edibles? Well, the biggest risk with edibles are people uh, have trouble regulating themselves. When you, if you inhale marijuana, you the desired effect you're getting high happens within seconds or less than a minute. With edibles, it can take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. So the biggest difficulty is people regulating how much they eat. And if you're talking about teenagers and you have these innocent looking, looking chocolates on the table, it's going to be very hard for them to just have one. Okay. Uh, boy, and that time delay. So describe for us what you see when clients come in wanting help, saying, I, I've got a problem with marijuana. The, the thing I've noticed most with marijuana, it is an ambition killer. I can take the most ambitious kid and have him, once he starts smoking, he will suddenly stop playing guitar. He stops doing his assignments. He just loses interest in doing everything. So that's generally, everyone's affected differently. But uh, the patterns I've seen in terms of people's motivation uh, is really affected. So um, you are a psychotherapist. For teenagers, are you saying it is always a bad idea to be smoking marijuana? It depends. It really depends. I, I think it's a... Uh, for some, for some teachers, teenagers, it's a terrible idea. Uh, if they have a history of family addiction, if they have a history of uh, uh, mental illness, uh, marijuana today is much stronger than it's maybe ever been in history. Uh, and a lot of kids, it can trigger uh, psychotic episodes. Uh, 
you really have to send the family history uh, before we can even begin to address those questions. Okay, and what's the solution to keeping this safe in our families, in our usage? We have to have a dialogue. If you just, uh, with teenagers, if you give orders and directives, you're going to incite defiance. So if you're threatening your child or uh, coming down heavy on them about what is permitted and what isn't, and there's not a dialogue as to why that decision is being made, then you're going to have a uh, child that's going to be much better at lying, much better at hiding things, isn't going to feel safe exposing things they feel vulnerable about. So you have starting a dialogue. And a lot of families don't know, children don't know that there is a history in their family. And during adolescence, that's an excellent time since teenagers are naturally working on their identity to then bring that up. By the way, you're old enough that you should know this now. Sean Grover, psychotherapist specializing in marijuana use. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, many Christians are divided on whether or not it is all right to consume marijuana. Professor Jean Haas joins us right now from Vancouver with more. Jean, what does the Bible say about this? Well, the Bible doesn't directly address marijuana. The closest thing that it addresses is alcohol, so it mentions beer and wine. It condemns drunkenness, but it speaks positively of consuming alcohol in moderation. You think of Psalm 104, wine makes the heart glad, and there's other references Jesus trained, changed water into wine. At issue here is the fact that alcohol is legal in this country at a certain age. Now marijuana is as well. So how do Christians wanting to follow the teachings of the Bible, how do they come to terms with this in 2019? So I think what we do is we follow the biblical teaching. And the biblical teaching is that marijuana, well, I'm drawing this by inference. Marijuana, like alcohol, is what we call a psychoactive drug. So it has effects on our consciousness, on our perception, on the way we relate to others. So the parallel would be to get high on marijuana is the equivalent of drunkenness because we lose our inhibitions. It alters our consciousness and our perceptions. And therefore, it makes it very dangerous for us to drive, to do any strenuous physical activities or operate uh, machinery. We never do that because that's wrong. Um, that's equivalent of drunkenness. But I would say, just as the Bible says, taking alcohol in moderation is all right. So taking marijuana, that is the THC, the psychoactive component, in small dosages infrequently, I'd say that would be all right. So here's something interesting. Uh, God created everything, and that includes pot. How do we come to terms with this and how do we talk to our children? Well, in, generally, in general, God created all kinds of things, and we humans are very good at um, distorting them. So God created the poppy seed plant, but if you use it to make heroin and get people addicted on it, that's not very good. But it does uh, serve medical purposes in, in morphine to, to manage pain. So what we tell our children is all that we do is for the glory and honor of God. And we never let anything control us or take the place of God. Your opinions, your beliefs, your thoughts, greatly appreciated. Thank you, Gene Haas. You're welcome. Enjoy it.
you know, I started realizing that marijuana is such a, um, it's the opposite of what God wants to give us. And like, we're not meant to live numb and um, not deal with our issues and escape our issues, but we're meant to face them with him. And that's who he created us to be. Mark Ward has been a youth worker and had a big question to ask, decided to write a book about it. Can I smoke pot? Mark Ward joins us now. Mark, tell us why you needed to get to the bottom of that question. Can you smoke pot? Well, there was one practical reason, and that was I moved from a portion of the U.S. that didn't allow any use of marijuana, except a little bit of medical use, to Washington State, up close to B.C., actually, um, where there are marijuana stores right around the corner from me. I pass them all the time. Uh, I also had a friend of a friend whose child had epilepsy, and I watched with horror and sadness as the seizures kept attacking her, and then the mom was going on social media promoting the idea of legalizing medical marijuana to give some kind of relief to her child. And all of a sudden, this theoretical political question became personal for me, someone that I kind of knew. Okay, so what did you conclude? Is it a good thing to smoke pot? When and how? So I can't answer a question about what is good and what is not good without reference to some overarching narrative, some value system. And I have a Christian value system. I write from a Christian perspective. And so I went to the resources of my faith tradition to ask, is this a good thing or not? And what my Bible tells me, everything God created was good. So if there are Christians or any religion who are saying, uh, make it possible that good gifts that we have in creation have been perverted and twisted. So uranium is a good thing, it's in creation, but you don't sprinkle it on your ice cream. Just because God made something doesn't mean you put it in your mouth. Um, I wanted to uh, apply teaching like that to these questions. And what I discovered was, um, the Christian faith tells me that all of God's good good gifts are good, but they're not all expedient. They're not all useful for good ends, uh, any, anything that I might come up with. And I don't want to be put under the power of any of these things. That, that in particular is a principle that I've applied to this question. Okay, excellent. But what did you do about the tough question about your friend's daughter who uh, had epileptic seizures? I, well, for first, I prayed personally, and then when I looked into my faith tradition, what I discovered was one of the uh, one of the teachings of the Bible through various um, examples, especially, is that palliative care is something good. That is, you can use something like alcohol that, yes, has definite dangers, and the Bible talks about these. Everybody in any culture knows the dangers that alcohol brings. And yet, it can also be good to settle your stomach, one passage of the Bible says, or even when you're dying to, um, uh, to handle some of your sorrow. So given principles like that, I looked at marijuana and said, I have to leave room for medical uses. You know, doctors and uh, scientists are the proper ones to gauge, you know, the benefits and the, the detriments of various substances. But given our sort of normal uses, uh, uh, our expectations of side effects and our cost-benefit analyses, I can't, I can't just remove marijuana from that equation um, because some people abuse it. So there's this classic phrase, you know, proper use 
our, our abuse doesn't end up eliminating proper use. And my goal was to find the proper use. I felt that it would be justifiable for this mother to use um, marijuana, especially in the forms that it's most useful for epileptic, epileptic, ah, epileptic seizures uh, for her child. Mark Ward, co-author of Should I Smoke Pot? Marijuana in the Light of Scripture. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. the young people I love have been tragically detoured by dope. Recreational vaping and edibles, in my books, it's all a somber call to beware. We give ourselves a lot of freedoms and we need to be aware of godly wisdom that goes along with freedom. We've left information from Keep Our Kids Off Drugs, the interview we did earlier, along with material from today's guests. All of it's up on our website to learn and protect. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube or podcast to not miss an episode. For all of us, thanks for joining. Thank you.